Mage Talk is brought to you by Mojo Stratus. Stratus is true cloud auto scaling technology for Magento. Built by industry leaders and cloud architects, Stratus is a revolution in cloud hosting. Magento 2, no problem. Holidays, flash sales, no problem. 100% uptime or your money back. Give Stratus a try today, risk free, and tell them Mage Talk sent you. Check them out today at magemojo.com. That's M A G E M O J O.com. Mage Talk is brought to you by Vertex, the leader of tax technology solutions and services for corporations worldwide. They're a Magento premier partner trusted by over half of the Fortune 500. Vertex Cloud meets the sales and use tax needs for businesses of all sizes. Visit them online today at vertexsmb.com. This podcast is brought to you by Commerce Hero. Better way to find a Magento developer for your next project or full-time hire. Hey, that's it. We are live. Hey, everybody. All the finger points, pointing the fingers. Stop pointing at me. I feel... feel You know how... You remember how your teachers would tell you that you never walk around with like... Oh, gosh, I'm hearing myself. You never walk around having a calculator in your pocket and you're like, I showed you. My mom, my mom used to say stuff like, you know, you shouldn't point at people. And I'm like, so like start all my content today is I just point at people all the time. I've got the a polite later in my pocket and I and point, the polite way to do it is thumbing. Just I thumb, thumb you with both of my thumbs at the same time. That's who I Walk. am. Walk. Like I don't even care. Like a madman just thumbing Walk. people. Everybody, look. I'm gonna start the podcast and uh, it's gonna be and we're going to get into some content. How in the world, how did we go five years of this show? And I've never heard you do a Barack Hussein Obama. Never once. I don't know, man. I, you know, we, we mix things up. We mix it up. Oh my gosh. The fact that you can do that. That was, that's wow. Speaking of Barack Hussein Obama, no, we're not going to, did you see the Bernie, Bernie on Joe Rogan? That was kind of wild. I didn't see that. That's another, that's another pause. Me Did he and whatever. Elon Musk smoke a fat blunt? That's all I need oh, to know. Yeah, no, no blunts were, no, no blunts were smoked. <laughs> no, no blunts were harmed but, in the making of the, but it was pretty of the Joe Rogan. So what does our layout look like on YouTube right now? Are we side by side? No, do you want to be side by side? It's doing the switchy switch. It's doing the switch. Switch. Yep. Okay. Switchy. Switcheroos. Switch. Switcherooskies. Uh, Joseph Leedy says, hi. Hey, Joseph. How are you? Hey, what's up, Joe? Hey, we- Joseph's going to be at the uh, Mage Hike, which is this coming Saturday in lovely Austin, Texas. If you're looking to go on a hike, uh, we can invite you to come on that hike. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> you need to say uh, every third word. Us. Yeah. Um, look, um, we're going to do a hike. And, um, <laughs> if, if you like your hike, uh, you can keep your hike. Look, if you like your hike, you can keep it. If you want to come on our hike, and come on our hike too. <laughs> Single payer hikes for everybody. Um, that's fantastic. So, yeah, so that's coming up. That's so good. Well, you're leading the mage hike. You know, we have not physically started an episode in five episodes. I think that that I love the new mage talk. I love the new okay. mage. Talk. We don't do it. We don't even try. Hey, I saw a video. I saw you intruded into my Facebook timeline. Oh, yeah. Very, very search, by the way, with, with a the... ad 
uh, all of a sudden I'm seeing an ad of your face in <laughs> the timeline of your future commerce, which is pretty cool. Thanks. I'm learning from you. I'm a, I, I've been, I've been, I've always said that you're 18 months late to things. I'm, I'm, I'm 18 months late on the Kalen Jordan content creation train. Um, You've been taking your time on that. You've been taking. Oh my gosh, taking my sweet time. Yeah, but it's it's pretty good. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, You went to uh, you went to a thing. You went to a conference with uh, what was it? What was it you went to? Commerce Next. Yeah, Commerce Next. Uh, Super interesting. Super interesting show. Um, So there's a. it was founded by three people and I don't want to get their names wrong. Um, so I shall Google the names as I guess. So Scott Silverman, uh, is sort of a, uh, it's like smart guy who's been around the like NRF, um, world for a long time. Alan Dick, who I worked with, uh, when I did a panel at, um, the NRF innovation stage this past year in January and, um, and Victoria Sansev and, uh, or I'm sorry, Veronica Sansev. And she's from Chameleon, Collective, uh, which is a um, like a creative consultancy uh, and like a digital digital and retail consultancy strategy group. Super interesting that like three people from different areas of the ecosystem like came together and made a really small conference that's you know for big big brands. And then this year they added in like direct to consumer brands. Um, and I was, I just, I moderated a panel and the reason I intruded into your Facebook page, um, is a tactic. Did you run I, an ad targeted just directly? Cause you can do that. You can, yes. you can target it just, so that's what I did just to me. Okay, good. No, I mean, not just to you. Uh, but what I did was I saw this interesting, um, uh, anecdote by somebody on Twitter it was in a Twitter thread about, uh, they went to hire somebody, uh, or they interviewed somebody, and then that person, when they got home, made a LinkedIn targeted campaign of a custom audience just for that person. And it was a video of them saying, "Hey, thank you so much for interviewing me." And oh, it was that's a cool. digital marketing role, which I think is just the smartest thing in the whole world. That's smart, yeah. That's so great. it's like just one one to one, you know, personalized marketing. And I think that we we want to experiment with that a little bit. Um, and so that's why I did that uh, with Future Commerce, just to try it. We're experimenting with video. But anyway, I was at that show. And that's where the Twitter thread that the name of this particular episode of Mage Talk comes from. The famous Twitter thread. Yes, indeed. So you were like, you posted a tweet. You're like, yeah, so I was at this conference uh, called, you know, I was at, uh, uh, I was at uh, hashtag CN19. Commerce Next, yeah. And I learned that... <laughs> Everyone hates their e-commerce platform. They're too limited, too flexible, too expensive, too free, too big, or too small. Uh, everyone I talk to wants to migrate from an incumbent platform, and uh, and then the th- a, th- a thread ensued, which is really which is really uh, interesting. I I, I like. Um, I thought it was like. I feel like. I feel like you're, and this tweet kind of demonstrates. Like I feel like you're getting you're going beyond like just being like Magento centric to where you'll say something like, like I forgot exactly what you said, but you'll say like, you'll, you'll talk very frankly about things like this and it's not even, and it's not in like a criticizing Magento way. It, it's, it's, um, 
I think you're coming at it from a good perspective where you're going beyond just being very uh, platform centric to really understanding like the mindset of what the retailer cares about, what the consumer cares about. Um, and uh, I find it uh, quite refreshing. So <laughs> yeah, no, I really do. It's, it's good. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. Uh, I find it refreshing to know that the conversations that I have where people are frustrated with things that happen like in their e-commerce platform, which, you know, many times when I'm talking to somebody, it is Magento. Uh, I'm, it's refreshing to me to hear that other people have pains. They're not the same pains, but they also have pain. And that means that we're all just doing things that are really hard and they're really hard problems to solve and different platforms solve different things better than others. Right. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that nobody is not like, it's not like Magento is the only platform where retailers can be frustrated. There's a lot of frustration in a lot of platforms, which means to me that uh, I think it's a sign of sort of a healthy, a healthy ecosystem of sort of the, 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 the pace of the, well, the desire for innovation and execution from a, from a, a merchant is at a pace that the technology platforms can't keep up with it. And that, I think is very healthy because that's the kind of thing that will spur innovation eventually because it, it's do or die. They'll leave you if you don't innovate. And some people in that thread uh, were saying things like, stop messing with the platform and just let smart people innovate and let your developers go, let them innovate. And, um, and that's the sign of a healthy ecosystem. And other people are saying it needs to be totally closed wall. Like go the big commerce and Shopify route where it's not an open core and just, you know, with boundaries, you can thrive uh, because you'll learn to play within the box and you can't do anything outside of the box. A lot of people waste time doing a lot of things that are outside the box because they can and they shouldn't. Um, I, I find those conversations really interesting, but... Um, yeah, you know, um, the the ecosystem point made me think of something. I was watching a, an interview with uh, Jack Ma uh, this week, the, the mm. Alibaba, which yeah. is the Amazon of China. And he was talking about some of the differences between Alibaba and Amazon. And he actually talked, the ecosystem was pretty much the big uh, difference in that, you know, um, Amazon is sort of like you talk about a closed wall and Amazon isn't a closed wall. I mean, there's Amazon sellers, but Amazon is integrating vertically across, you know, uh, across a, 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 in, in a bunch of different ways, right? They're going to start to do shipping right there. Um, they've got their, they're doing their white label brands. Like they're taking everything over and they're doing a really good job of it objectively. Um, but uh, they, you know, Amazon's getting a lot of pushback. I mean, you look without getting too much into politics and stuff like that. People are like, Hey, Amazon's not paying a lot of taxes. Like yep. there's a, there's a, there's a view that like they're taking, you know, uh, uh, Andrew Yang talks about, do you follow Andrew Yang? We're, we're, I promise we're not going to talk about politics. Uh, <laughs> too late. He, he opened the show with the Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> but he talks about how they've, you know, they're, uh, they've taken, you know, 30%, they've pretty much closed 30% of retail stores. I, I, somebody fact check me on that, but point is they're sort of coming in and taking over. And anyway, Jack Ma talked about how they view their role as empowering their ecosystem, mm. so doing less of owning the entire stack 
and more about empowering people that are that are on their marketplace. So a um, little bit of a tangent from what you're talking about, but I think that that's uh, I think that's an interesting perspective. And obviously, we can look at some of the differences in how Magento's ecosystem works, Shop of, Shopify's ecosystem. How how are those different ecosystems working? How healthy are they? Um, yeah. Do you mind if we jump into like some of the hard questions there because? I, the, the thing that people immediately kind of started asking in that, in that whole Twitter thread earlier this week, um, was, well, Jesse, uh, uh, from classy llama, um, Jesse Tyler, if you don't know him, a super smart guy, uh, was sort of prodding at the, what would your advice be to each of the platforms or what would your advice be on like, why? you know, why Shopify or why Magento or who, what pain or what. And, yeah. and I think that, um, and I'll get back to your Jack Ma point here in a second. Um, they all suffer from different types of like strengths and weaknesses where Magento had a large portion of the market and has been around for 10 or 11 years. And I don't know that a lot of Magento ecosystem people realize that Magento is seen as legacy. Mm-hmm. Right. Like at some point there was a crossing, like a tipping point. We crossed over into a period where whether it's true or not, right. Whether it's true or not. Um, Mark Lavelle was, you know, uh, talking for a couple years ago. It was right around the time that Hill house, um, made the, their investment into Magento, um, shortly after the premiere acquisition. Um, but right around that time, Mark kind of went on this, rant for a little while about we have the youngest code base in the entire ecosystem with like mm. that they they have because magento 2 was new at the time it was like we have the youngest code base in the ecosystem atg is ancient right they were mm. they were positioning themselves as the newest but in actuality magento as a brand is seen uh, and there are portions of Magento, dark corners of Magento, as you've seen on Twitter this week, you know, the persistent customer, persistent login session has, it has legacy behind it. And mm. it has vestiges of the old platform still there from Magento one. So it is a, a generation or an evolution of the platform. So there are portions of Magento that are legacy and Magento is considered to be legacy. It's seen as legacy. And because of that, Magento is installed software right? You used to download and install software, but that's not really how people think of e-commerce anymore. When they want to get e-commerce, they think of a service. They don't think of, I need to buy software and then install it on a machine and run it. And you don't even think of CDNs that way. Like that's a service that you contract. It's not like a lot of the things that we do in this, in this world are services. Email, mm-hmm. you wouldn't buy email you know, unless it's an Adobe product, God forbid that you don't want to throw any shade at Adobe, but there are versions of Adobe campaign that you download and put on a server. Like I'm sure it works great. It's 2019 y'all, you know, like email is a service now. And I think e-commerce is being seen in, in, in most people's minds of transitioning to be a service. And so that was my advice was that Magento just has to go all in on cloud. And then, you know what? I, I started catching a lot of crap from a lot of hosting vendors saying, well, are you saying that blah, blah, you know, everyone's hating on Magento now because, you know, hosting vendors should just give up and give in to Magento cloud. And I'm like, this isn't anyone's doing. This is the expectation of the customer. 
So if you want to be mad at someone, be mad at the customer because the customer who's buying into Magento has that expectation of Magento. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's not Magento's fault. It's not anyone's fault. Just in the same way that like I go shopping, you know, at Zoomies and I expect to have a product in two days and I don't get it for two weeks and I'm mad. Um, I'll keep ranting on this, by the way. Like, uh, because like that's not Zoomies fault as much as it is Amazon's fault because they gave, they gave me the expectation. Is this now the third episode where we've talked about your Zoomies? Yeah, because I'm mad. Like two weeks, it shouldn't take, like he could have literally like made new shoes and walked them to my house. Um, But that's the point that I'm making is that it's a customer expectation now that you're cloud first. And Magento can say they're cloud first, but so much of the problems that we have in the ecosystem, especially Magecart, especially those are around the installed software. Mm-hmm. And and retailers' inability to secure and manage and run Magento well, mm-hmm. and that's not a host's problem. That's like it's just it's it's a factor of a retailer doesn't know how to be a technology company. Mm-hmm. And anyway, um, no, it's a fair point. I mean, I, I was thinking about that because obviously we know and like a lot of hosting companies. And when you say, "Hey, Magento should just be cloud," the the obvious follow up to that is, "Well, what about the hosting companies?" and um, it, when you take a step back sort of from first principles and look at it, the company with any kind of a uh, software product, and, and most of the time when you have an enterprise software product um, that, has, that can be deployed or hosted, it's the company, the first party that will uh, do the hosting for you. you know, that'll do the hosting. Like, sure. That's, that's the model. It's like, if you want us to host it for you, pay us this tier. And if not, here's the other, here's the other tier. So from kind of first principles, it does make sense that the first party should be the one that's offering <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> you're like smiling at it. Sure. Anyway, should be the one that's you know, <laughs> offering the, 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 the cloud option. Um, and so I think it goes back to like, we did, we did see a lot of issues with Magento cloud in the past. Obviously you have a lot of exposure to it day to day and you've seen a lot of improvement over the past, I guess, year or two. Yeah. Like, is this a good time to mention, uh, that Mage Mojo is our sponsor and, uh, we're very happy and very thrilled to have uh, Mage Mojo entering our third year of partnership, uh, with the Mage Mojo team. And we, we love them. If you're looking for a Magento host. And you are still doing that deployed software, uh, you know, model because it's 2019, and why not? Um, well, and you better go with the most secure and fastest way of hosting it. And I did say that on the record. Uh, you probably want to go to uh, the Mojos. So check out Stratus, Mojo Stratus. Yeah, check it out. And um, but but and and the and the truth is that like Mage Mojo has done a lot of. Uh, Seeing like a car. What are you doing right now? I'm um, seeing a car pulling up outside my house. Um, has done a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of breaking the, the fourth wall here. Has done a lot of innovation around. I mean, you talk about security, and and Mojo has done some interesting stuff around um, proactively scanning um, you know sites for security issues. I think they're collaborating with Magento themselves on on those things. So. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's um, it is a question of innovation in the sense that if Magento does a good job with their cloud offering and prices it well and all that kind of thing, then it's going to be hard to compete against that. Um, 
historically, you know, this has been an area where the community has come in and has filled a niche um, that, you know, wasn't, wasn't being executed as well as it could. So, but, yeah. but for example, you mentioned email. I mean, uh, you know, Magento had an email automation feature in their enterprise product. It's probably still in there somewhere. Oh, it is. <laughs> and, and, um, most people you know, don't use that. Like you said, most people use some kind of a SaaS email service, right? But if you take a step back and go, okay, let's look at hosting versus email. And it's, it's kind of obvious that like, yeah, you're not going to use their email functionality, but hosting, it's like, it's in a different category as far as what would make sense for the first party um, to be, to be supporting. Right. Right. All right. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think you're drawing a really great distinction there in that um, you don't need email to conduct business online. It's a multiplier, but it is not a requirement. Right? <laughs> okay. Is that, is that right? I'm just taking some baby steps, right? <laughs> right. But it is a requirement to have a hosting environment. Like you have to have somewhere to put the code on the internet for people to interact with your company. Sure. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, true, right, true, 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 true. right. <laughs> so it wouldn't be seen as encroachment that Magento has the ability to, like, you know, send newsletters poorly. By the way, um, like it's it's not encroachment on it's not encroachment that Magento is in that space um, until you know, and like I don't know, I, I'm like I'm I'm so fatigued actually about that particular point, but. Why are you fatigued? Because my ads have been blowing up for three solid days. <laughs> um, you took a bold step. This is, this is what I really like about And, and uh, you referenced this tweet, but you said, Magento has incumbency problems in that they're slow to innovate. They aren't just one thing. Cloud, starter, Adobe Cloud, on-prem, open source, enterprise, uh, one version one, version two, version 2.3, PWA. Um, and PWA has been coming since announced at Magento Live UK 2017. It's slower to build on and more expensive to maintain. Um, I, like, and at the same time, right? Because that's critical to Magento. And then at the same time, you say, listen, Magento should go all in on cloud. They're doing a great job with cloud. So like, I feel like you've, you, you're like really being honest about something that's hard to talk about. Yeah. Um, and doing a great job of, of, of walking that line, man. So I, I really like this kind of stuff where oh, thanks. Like I think in the past, maybe you'd be more likely to kind of toe a line to be totally honest. And I feel like you're like transcending beyond that to where you're like, you're not really, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're just, I mean, you're being honest and clear about what you're, what you're seeing and what makes sense for, for customers and, for retailers and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm just, I, I think about the pain that I'm willing to, to endure, right? Like I, I, and, and it's because, you know, I'm, I'm sort of flexing entrepreneurship muscle, which is something that you're very familiar with. You, you have built everything that you built, you know, Mage Mail, uh, Commerce Hero, Mage Update is the most famous one, I'm sure. Um, look, he's, he's like, look, he's flexing his entrepreneurship, um, show title. <clears throat> so, uh, you've, everything you built, you built from the ground up and you started with a blank page one day, right? Like you started with, you started with, you know, hex F, 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 right? Like you're, you're nothing. 
And I feel like you're giving an obligatory comment compliment back because I gave you a compliment. No, thank you. No, I'm, it's, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to appeal to the fact that you've built it. Now, when I'm faced with building something, there's only so much pain I'm willing to endure to build something. And even building a WordPress site can be painful. So when I think about what retailers have to undergo to do simple things in a Magento context, in like a server rendered paradigm that is a vestige of an older age of the internet, the way that we render things and deliver them to customers is from an older era. In fact, even the Magento 2 way of accomplishing that with UI components is kind of a hallmark of an era. We do things differently nowadays. And to build simple things in that ecosystem can be much more painful than if we had PWA. Mm-hmm. With PWA, it's so much easier to develop at a rapid pace. It's so much it's so much cleaner. It just it's easier to innovate. And I'm starting for the first time to experience it for myself. Rather than saying that this is the state of the way that the world is and get with the program, I'm actually experiencing for myself. So the the change of mind or or the change of perspective is really just coming from being in this in the shoes of trying to launch something like a brand uh, as future commerce and trying to do something bigger with that and saying I need to build out all these things like why don't we have an event calendar? Oh that's I can't do that because I'm on Simplecast, right? Like, why don't we have a a blog? Uh, well, I can't do that because my platform doesn't allow me to. I'm starting to understand that context of what it's like to be a retailer on a platform that can't allow me to innovate. And I'm trying to empathize with where they are. That's all. Um, right. Yeah. Like on the flip, when you're on the flip side of it, where you're helping people build stuff, you're like, hey, we can, here's what we could build. You want option A, B, or C. Um, and if, if you don't have the, the money for it, or if you think it's too expensive for us to build the thing that you need us to build, that's your problem. Like why you got to get with the program. Right. Yeah. Now this is, this is the reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's the reality. And then you're now you're seeing the other side of it where you're the, the business owner, the innovator, and you're like, Hey, let's do this, 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 and this, because you can see where the business needs to go. And it's like, Oh, well we can't because of this and that and this and that and this and that you're like. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear those. They just like make, like, give me a SAS app. I can just plug into and get this thing going. All right. Karen, Karen. Hi, Karen. Karen's in the comments. She said they focused on design patterns over developer usability and the retailer. And that's the underlying issue. I fully agree, which is you can, you might want to clip that out to say that I agreed with Karen fully um, and, and share it everywhere. Cause, uh, Catholic. Yeah, that's that's, that is an historic look. We have a <laughs> historic moment. Uh, Philip has agreed completely and fully without reservation with Karen. <laughs> and <laughs> she says, we always agree. She said this like so many times. She says, we always agree. We just say things differently. I, I feel like if that's the case, then we are in always in violent agreement with each other. Um, <laughs> violent agreement. We're both loudly agreeing at By each other. Way, shout out to Karen. She hooked, uh, she put the major on the uh, Magento Austin meetup group. So it's officially on the, it's, uh, it's officially official. We love, we love Karen Baker. Thank you, Karen, for always supporting what we've done. Um, and I do there's talk in American. Up. There's a, I'm not going to find it fast enough, but I remember seeing on the Twitters that there is a, an Austin meetup. Maybe she'll mention it in the comments. I think there's a meetup coming up in the next week or so. Yeah. Let's
let's face it, Magento can be a beast to run in the cloud. And that's why Stratus by MageMojo is hosting Evolved. Say goodbye to dedicated DevOps teams and complex cloud architecture. With Stratus, you get a rock-solid architecture that's built on Amazon AWS and true cloud auto-scale. Never worry about capacity planning ever again with the full power of AWS that's behind your site. Backed by Magento Cloud Architecture Geniuses at MageMojo on technologies like ECS, Kubernetes, Aurora, and also a 15-minute SLA that's the fastest in the entire industry, you can be sure that your site is in good hands with Stratus. Give it a try today, and we know you won't be disappointed. Head over to magemojo.com slash magetalk and get started. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O dot com slash magetalk. Thanks again to MageMojo for the continued support of MageTalk. MageTalk is brought to you by Vertex. Vertex is a Magento premier partner, providing cloud and on-premise solutions that can be tailored to specific industries for every major line of tax, including sales and use, income, value added, and payroll. Vertex Cloud is the SaaS solution that automates sales and use tax, including calculation and returns. With multiple service levels and flexible pricing models, Vertex Cloud meets the sales and use tax needs for businesses of all sizes, from recognizable brands like Honda, Pepsi, and Verizon to small businesses the world over. Find out more today at vertexsmb.com and be sure to mention Mage Talk to get 15 months for the price of 12. Once again, that's vertexsmb.com. One thing that Karen had said about, you know, focusing on design patterns was I think a, and this is like, the, again, we, we tend to, this is one of the things I was criticizing and I'm guilty of it. I'm most guilty of it because you and I have a platform for me to be publicly guilty of it every week. Um, but we are very enamored with our past in the Magento world, like oral history and our roots it defines it. us. Like who the, other than, you know, other than Toby in the Shopify ecosystem, who is talking about what Shopify did five years ago? Nobody cares. Like Mm. they're all talking about right now. (laughs) And for some reason in, in the Magento ecosystem, and maybe it's because the people that we, the circles we run in, we, it's nostalgic. We all had a coming of age. We are all building something like careers were built, businesses were built. You know, relationships were formed. Right. And maybe those things are are personal to us. So Magento is personal to us. But like, I think that in some way, like those are good things. All of those things are good things. But any any strength overextended, I think, can become a weakness. And we can become very inwardly focused. Mm -hmm. And I think that the design pattern over developer usability, I've said this before, is a vestige of the way that we did open source five years ago. And the way that we did that before was we don't have a means of contributing from the outside world into the core. We don't have community engineering. So what we do is we have an open channel on Twitter of people that we know who are good stewards of the brand. And we're going to get 40 of them in a room and we're going to ask them hard questions and we're going to make decisions together of how the future of the platform will evolve. And unfortunately for us, every one of those people were developers. And unfortunately for us, every one of those people were into certain fads at the time. And a bunch of decisions were made that locked Magento into a certain era 
and made us all sort of have to sort of continue to live under, under those decisions. We can change that now because we can contribute broadly from the outside ecosystem. But for the last few years of Magento 2, we've been sort of fixed. We were at this fixed point in time trying to innovate. And we've got four streams now, unfortunately, to do it in. We've got cloud, on-prem, M2, open source, commerce. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like one of the, uh, the strength of a strong community is that a strong community and a developer ecosystem is that in those early days, the develop, developer, and we talked about how when, I, I believe it was when the Google canonical tag came out the very next day, there was an extension that was live. Um, yeah. It was, it was, right. Like we talk about how the community has come in and filled gaps and that's been the strength of the Magento community is that developer ecosystem and the, sh- and the strength of um, relationships in the community, but, but possibly uh, one of the downsides, as you're saying, is that there can be, if that momentum is going in the right direction and is aligning with the needs of the platform and the needs of the end users, right? Back in the day, merchants getting on Magento, needing seven different plugins, boom, 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 everything was great. These days, like everything's moving to SaaS. So there's less of a need for that indie developer, as sad as that is, right? And like, so maybe the downside of that strong community is that, you know, that the, uh, the inertia maybe takes you in another direction, right? Like that inertia that was so positive early on is maybe going in this other direction now where we're so focused on these design patterns and stuff like that instead of looking a little more closely at like, hey, what does a merchant actually care about 2019? Um, and that's a, that's a, that's a really interesting way of putting it of like, nobody cares about what happened five years ago in these other, nobody cares about who was the CEO. Nobody cares about what did the ex CTO do and start somewhere else and talk about benchmark. Nobody cares, right? Like that's, that's, um, although it's possible that within these other ecosystems and communities, they have their own inside baseball stuff. Oh, sure. I'm sure that's true. I think there's something there. I think there's, I think there's something there to that. And these are two people's opinions, right? Like I'm, I, I have an opinion and it's no more important than anybody else's opinion. I'm just sharing that to, to, you know, through the only megaphone I have, which is, you know, Twitter. Uh, I'm sharing that the thing that I've learned this week is we're not the only ones with pain um, in trying to innovate. And people that are on Shopify express that they're in pain too. Um, And they're, in many cases, it's just a different story. They feel too limited or they have too many, you know, they have too many apps their stores are slow. Their storefronts are slow. Um, it's really, really hard to debug which app is causing a problem. Like they have problems, but they're different types of problems, you know? Um, and Mark Lewis had mentioned on shout out to Mark Lewis, um, and Natalico team, um, which now includes Emily Pepperman, who is one of my favorite people and one of our members here. Yeah. She's now on, on his team, which is awesome. Um, and, uh, she, she's been a longtime member of the uh, Magento South Florida meetup. So uh, shout out to Emily Pepperman. Um, Mark Lewis had said on Twitter that, you know, they announced things so far in advance that like you forget about them by the time they actually launch. And that's sort of like the, the, the PR led product innovation, uh, 
is is like the train that Shopify's on now. And he he I, I loved his the way he put it, which is you watch, you know, a four hundred pound gorilla coming after you for a year before it actually hits you, you know, and um, which is an interesting it's an interesting perspective. Uh, Shop uh, something digital. We're doing a lot of Shopify work right now, uh, and we 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 do platform fitness a lot. Like we are actively talking to every one of our customers all the time on both the Shopify and Magento sides of the house about the way that they're approaching be like the way that they're choosing a platform because you shouldn't choose a platform by budget right you you should choose a platform based on what your needs are and and cuz there's always a way to work to budget um and so we're just trying to like we're just trying to do the best by our customers as we can. And that's my perspective is just like, everybody's got pain. Some pains are different than others. Um, yep. Well, um, yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 A, at the top of the dock, I have a, it <laughs> says probably not worth discussing, but just in case <laughs> it was a post that was critical of uh, Magento cloud, which, I have had several people DM me about this week, but it didn't get a lot. I didn't see a lot of public traction from Magento Twitter. Oh yeah, your your DMs were blowing up too. Yeah, DM were yeah DMs were blowing up. So anyway, um, we kind of covered the. I think we sort of covered the the meat of it. Um, yeah. One so, one last thing though, I'd like to I'd like to say, which is. Um, when I'm when I'm at a Magento conference, we talk a lot about Magento, right? We talk a lot about the technology because that's what we're there for. Um, it's really interesting when I'm at a broad conference that's just a bunch of retailers in a room to hear what they talk about. And mm-hmm. the things they talk about are just, they're on a different level. It's not about it's not at all about the technology. The it's platform about the, is just a tool. It's right. A, it's about the people, it. to be honest with you. It's like, how do we form partnerships and alliances? And one thing that I think really blew my mind um, at Commerce Next, and I think this is really insightful, is um, Rent the Runway. Um, I think it's, I think her name is Maureen Sullivan. Hold on. Uh, Maureen Rent the Runway. Uh, Maureen Sullivan, she's a COO of Rent the Runway. She's sort of opened the show. And um, one thing she said that I thought was really interesting is their their original business strategy was we are going to rent runway fashion to people. And these are very expensive pieces of clothing, you know, from very prestigious designers. And we're going to take their business model of selling that to rich people and models and we're going to flip that on its head and rent it fractionally for weeks at a time to normal human beings. And the brands that made those products were offended. They're like, you know, and they refused to partner with Rent the Runway. Mm-hmm. And Rent the Runway stuck by their guns and they said, we believe that this is such a valuable thing for both of our businesses that we refuse to go around you and and do an end around and buy product from buyers instead of like if we want Fendi then we're going to have a relationship with Fendi and we want if we're going to have a relationship with Gucci we're going to have a relationship with Gucci we're not going to buy it from some other buyer because we could still have the product but we want to we want the trust of the brand mm-hmm. and i thought that that was really insightful is that they they played the long game which is 
to win the trust of the brand. And that's the thing that that retailers talk about is winning trust. And when they talk about lifetime value, they're not talking about the Google Analytics metric. They're talking about literally winning the lifetime value of a customer. I learned at that show that the average order value of a Starbucks cup of uh, Starbucks order is $3.80, but the lifetime value of a Starbucks customer is $14,000. And every single person that I do business with is just trying to make their quarter. They're only looking at Google Analytics and everybody's trading off the lifetime, the lifetime affinity, the lifetime value of a customer for whatever the present day metric is. And I think that that's a really interesting, like somehow, some way Magento acquired lifetime customers with you and me and Karen and Alan and Joseph and Edward and everyone else idling in the chat right now. Like they acquired lifetime customers from us. Um, I, I want us to have those types of conversations in our ecosystem that aren't just about the cool new hip tech and how to debug this and that. We still need all that stuff, but I just I feel so enriched when I go to a show like that because it's just it's very people centric and not technology centric, and that's kind of just where my head is right now. So what? That's really interesting. But what? So what's the? Um, you talk about that Magento has acquired lifetime customers in us and that in the sense that we, you know we made a podcast called Mage Talk, right? And we're we have an affinity for the Magento brand or for the Magento community. Um, so what's the, what's the direct corollary to that situation where the renter runway said, Hey, we want to have this relationship with Gucci. We don't want to go around it. We want to know that you're actually are, are in this. Are you talking about like, how can Magento create that loyalty with cement that loyalty with the community? So oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent technology. Right. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think that Magento has done that. Um, and I think at certain points in its history, it's done it better than others. And some people have been frustrated along the way. My experience is not the same as Karen's. Karen's business depends, you know, Shipper HQ depends on e-commerce platforms that they can integrate with so that retailers can, you know, buy shipping services from them. And so what Magento's decisions are, Magento makes a decision, it can affect her business very directly. Magento makes a decision. It doesn't affect my business. I just have to play by their rules, right? Like I, I change my coding practices or I tell my clients that we have to upgrade you to 231. And that's the end of the game. I don't have to support five concurrent versions of Magento with my plugin. So her pains are different than my pains. Um, and Magento is a very good partner for me, but might be a very bad partner for someone else. I think if if we all had that sort of the 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 rent the runway idea of establishing trust for the long term it means doing things that are self sacrificial for your present value or for your present like your current present opportunity sacrificing that for the longer term relationship and trust and that means that you know i don't know how magento goes about doing that i think magento is trying to do that and i feel like their hearts are in the right place and they and they are trying very hard but things like cloud people keep you know people i see a lot of people uh you know that call magento out around cloud i have a different experience with cloud but you know magento is trying i think not to grab market share or disenfranchise their partners they're trying to respond to what their 
their buyers, their customers or their commercial product are asking for, which is back to the original point that you made, which is, you know, the first party expectation that Magento makes the software, they should be able to host it too. And, um, I try to think the best of them. And I think that they, they, they're trying very desperately to be good partners to everybody and they don't do a great job all the time. Maybe that's glad handing on my part. Anyway, yeah. I'm just sharing things I learned. I don't know that I have a tidy little bow for everything. Yeah, no, that um, makes sense. It's a, the, on the brand point though. It's interesting. I talked to a buddy who, I don't know, maybe he will share some of this more publicly, but he didn't mention it. So I'll just mention it is that he's a developer and he was actually really inspired by Gary V's talk at Imagine um, talking about building a brand. And he uh, he's a Magento developer and he he recently launched uh, a business selling a product related to some stuff. Um, and anyway, maybe we'll get into some of the details. But anyway, he launched essentially an e-commerce business um, and is doing um, ads, doing paid media, getting sales, all that kind of stuff. And, and was talking about how he's really inspired by the idea of building a brand that your community cares about being engaged with your community um, and how some of the other, uh, some of the other businesses in that particular niche didn't have the greatest e-commerce experience. They're kind of just selling the product. And so that was really interesting to me. Maybe we'll get him on at some point to talk specifically about Is that Oleg? No, no. Okay. All right. Um, so it's, I, I know someone else who had the exact same story. Um, really? Yeah. Exact same story. I think a lot of people in our, in our field are very inspired by that. Um, you know, it's, uh, we help people, we help people launch brands all the time. Right. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's sort of a natural thing for us to want to try to do it for ourselves. And I think that entrepreneurship is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with my businesses and stuff, I've always tried to, uh, well, I've always created something they've been very small, but I've always created something that is, very much my own and that I care a lot about and that I, and, and that, and that I, um, is connected to the community that I'm connected to and I'm responsive to that community. And I think there's a unique, uh, value there as well. And, and so now that's something I, I believe in as well. Um, Oh, real quick. Uh, I wanted to mention, I think we talked about Meet Magenta New York, which is coming up very soon. Um, and I noticed that my buddy Aaron Sheehan is giving a talk um, on, uh, I just want to mention this real quick, giving a talk on how to use an RFP process to navigate M1 to M2 migrations. Working title, Don't Fear the RFPer. <laughs> but, uh, like the Reaper. Yeah. So I think that'll be good because um, uh, Aaron is, is, is always been, uh, whenever we talk about things like um, pro processes around how to navigate, um, you know, complex decisions for their, you know, Aaron's a, a consult, uh, consults with merchants and retailers and stuff and um, uh, is really very, very, very smart guy. So I think this is going to be a, a good talk. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. And uh, if you're if you're not going to Meet Magenta New York, you should check it out. We do not have any coupon codes for you, um, but, uh, <laughs> but no coupon codes. This is no. an anti-coupon code event. Yeah, the no coupon codes, but you should check it out. Um, the dates, you know, remember what you said last time about how the dates should always be in the meta. In the meta. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would come in so handy right now as I'm. You know, um, a bit of googling. So Brent 
Peterson called us out and said, it's been in there since day one. And his theory, or at least the thing that I think he was saying is his theory is that Magenta or Google suppresses it on purpose to try to get you to click through so that they can, uh, uh, they can really? you know, get some sort of attribution. Yeah. That's a, that's a wild theory. Yeah. I think it's great. What about BOGO for tickets? Alan said, Alan, that's basically 50% off my bro. <laughs> no coupon codes for this event. No coupon oh, codes. Wow. I do have it on good authority that there will be a musical performance. Maybe you could sneak in with the singers. Um, so Alan, maybe you should, maybe you should work on that. Actually, you know, the, the, the coupon code thing ties into the brand discussion we're having. I, I know we joke about it, but it, it really does because, um, I, you know, when you have a strong brand and, and oh, I've, I've, I've gotten asked about Meet Magenta New York personally already like five times. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of excitement around it and uh, a lot of people that are, you know, planning to go because they just, they go year, year after year or they, or, you know, they've wanted to go for the first time. And so they don't need that darn coupon code. Well, yeah, I, I, I yeah. If you're a premium brand, you don't want to dilute your value by being discounted all the time. You, you, you motivate your, right. You motivate your, your customer base to rely on the discount. And I, maybe this is smart. This might be smart, painful that, you know, we have to keep talking about coupon codes, but yeah, it's very smart. I find it quite enjoyable. It's fun for me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I freaking love, I love not having a coupon code. It makes life so easy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to make fun of too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see here. Uh, A couple minutes left. Uh, let's see. Do you have anything else? There's this team one-on-ones thing. I thought it was interesting. I saw a tweet, um, by my buddy, uh, Mike, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Sudik. And, uh, it was, um, if you're leading a team, you should take time to casually talk casually with your team members one-on-one. Um, you know, it's hard, especially if your team is small and there's lots to do, but it's worth it for them and they won't ask for it, but a healthy team needs it. Um, I thought it was interesting and I do get asked uh, from time to time from people about how, you know, what's the best way to structure, um, you know, reviews, right? Employee reviews uh, kind of a thing. Yep. And um, I, I, th- I, think, I, I think I saw another tweet on that topic recently. Um, and I've heard, you know, from some of the employers that I work with through Commerce Hero that, you know, moving that review, I don't know what you guys do, but moving that review from being once a year to being more frequent, I think yep. um, is important. And I think on the spectrum of like reviewiness, right? Like you've got the, <laughs> you've got the, the yearly formal review, right? And then you can, you can do, you know, discussions more on a quarterly basis. And then to the other end of the spectrum is, is I think is really important is just casual discussions. I was talking with a buddy who has a growing company and was, you know, as, as the company has grown, there's been layers of management that are added. And, and, and he said something interesting, which was that previously, if he were to get involved with somebody on a particular issue, on a particular piece of code, it would be a fun thing. It was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, you know, we're going to like tag team on this. Like, cause you know, he, you know, has a development background and stuff like that. Yep. And it's changed from that dynamic to now, if he gets involved with something, it's like, uh oh, what's the problem? Why is he getting involved? <laughs> right. So, like, <laughs> like, 
same exact activity, which is the boss getting involved with a particular developer on a particular thing, has two completely different meanings as the company size has grown from like, oh, this is cool. We're going to collaborate with him and he, you know, he's fun to work with and really smart da, 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 to, oh God, why does the boss want to get involved in this? You know? And I think having, um, having, I don't know how, I don't know what you guys do, but having some, you know, casual discussions um, are so important to just keep like a, I think to just keep like a, like a healthy flow in the, in the team. I, I fully agree. Um, so we, I mean, yeah, there's, I, I could talk about what we do. There's, there's, there's all kinds of things we do. I think it works differently for every single company. Um, I think as roles grow and evolve and you bring people in, they like, you, you have to sort of rely as both as a manager and, and an owner from what I've watched at something digital, you, you need to rely on the brilliance of the people that you've hired. And if you've hired the right people, they'll grow and, 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 uh, and create value wherever they are. And one thing that I've seen is, um, I mean, this is just, this is, this is for what it's worth. Uh, Greg Steinberg, who founded something digital, and his uh, business partner, John Klonsky, of almost 20 years, uh, the two of them, uh, when I first started at the company, Greg was running the team that oversaw delivery, um, and John was doing business development. And about four years ago, uh, after 14, I don't know, 14 or 15 years of you know, them being frustrated with each other and how each other were doing their jobs, they switched roles. And four years ago, they switched roles to uh, to where Greg is doing business development, and John is overseeing team delivery. And they were both so convinced that they could do each other's job better than the other that they actually did. And I, I think that, but as the company grows, and you know we've 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 had incredible growth the last couple of years. As we've grown, the company has outgrown their ability to oversee every single part of the 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 entire you know, delivery and they have to trust the people below them. And I think that's the same, the same sort of uh, scenario that you outlined, which is if Greg were to get down in and start looking at code and like asking people questions about the why, why they did a certain thing or why they responded to a client on this email that way, or John was, you know, asking why, you know, a director was, you know, yeah, not approving something like if, if they got into the minutia, it would be seen as interruptive. It would be seen yeah. like, and I think that, it's just a natural, you know, that's probably the sign of a healthy company, yeah. right? It's a sign of a healthy growing of roles or reversal of roles uh, and having to trust people in your org is um, yeah. it's a great sign. Last thing I just got to say before we wrap up, when you, that's so funny you talked about them switching roles because something I want to say earlier when we were talking about the Magento ecosystem and how uh, you, you have, um, had more empathy for the business side of the ecosystem as you've switched roles. Yeah. And I, we've talked about before, you know, the, the developer that's agency side versus the developer that's with a, a product company or extension company versus somebody that's merchant side. I think it'd be fascinating to have, you know, uh, switch roles for a day type thing once a year, whatever, like where people switched 
Uh, and it would have to be more than a day. I mean, that's kind of gimmicky. But where you switched roles to another side of the ecosystem, I think that um, I think that'd be fascinating because you'd get empathy for that other side. Um, and you, uh, I, I just I, I think it can't be overstated how powerful that is. I, I, I for one, would vote for switching roles with, uh, uh, you know, you, if you had to be a salesperson for a day and had soul-sucking conversations, you know, over and over, uh, I think you'd have a lot of empathy for people in a sales role. Um, yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, think about hosting companies, support. Like, oh, that, oh, imagine, oh, that like, kind of role switching. Oh, yeah, I like that. That kind of role, yeah. I like that. You know, or the or the person that's on the retail side that's buying products and is you know trying to import products into the back end and doesn't care about all this. Yeah, thing, you know. Um, anyway, so I love cool. that. I believe we're at our time, sir. Um, thanks everybody for stopping by. Uh, remember to give us a five star and give us a five star. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next week. Yeah. Peace. How do we stop this thing? There's a button here somewhere. (laughs) 